Broadcasting from Newfoundland, Canada, you're listening to the I Never Cast for This Podcast. Get ready for controversial opinions and debates, but most importantly, let's talk gaming. Your ears are in the right place. This is I Never Cast for This. Hello, gamers, and welcome to episode 19 of the I Never Cast for this podcast. I am your host, Kelthar, and uh, thank you so much for being here today. We're going to have a great discussion discussing VR and the future of VR, and is VR going to replace standard gaming? Are we still going to have screens eventually? What's going to happen with VR in the future? That's what we're going to debate here today. But before we get into that, uh, let me just introduce who we have here today. So, uh, as I said, my name is Kelthar, the host of the I Never Cast for this podcast. And to my right, we have Erebus returning to the podcast again. How's it going, man? Good, man. Looking forward to this discussion on VR. It's a huge passion of mine. It's looking to get into it. Looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, no, you you definitely have some strong opinions on it for sure. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing those for sure. And yeah, and uh, also returning to the podcast again, we have Athricus. Welcome back. Thanks, man. How have you been? <laughs> I've been good, man. <laughs> I've been good, man. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been a good week, I must say. Week since the last podcast for sure. No, it's been good. And for the first time on this podcast, we have a very special guest joining us from the Strictly Casual podcast. We have James Walmer. How's it going, man? Welcome. Hey, how you, do- how, how you doing? <laughs> doing good. <laughs> Starting off strong. <laughs> oh, that's good. No, it's great to be here. So it's great for you to be here. I'm glad. Um, so you are from Strictly Casual. Now, you used to just be a weekly gaming news show. That's when, when I first met that's you right. and uh, your co-host, Vincent. That's how I knew you guys. But you recently rebranded. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So basically what we did is we turned Strictly Casual, which used to be its own um, independent gaming podcast. And we turned the name of Strictly Casual kind of into an umbrella sort of brand. Okay. And so within that, we have multiple different shows that all fall under the Strictly Casual property. So, um, and a lot of like creative, you know, stuff that we do, we kind of look at brands like Rooster Teeth, where you have like all of these things like Funhouse and Achievement Hunter, but um, the umbrella is Rooster Teeth. And so they all fall under that. And so it's, we're kind of doing something similar that we have strictly casual, but then we do our weekly uh, gaming news podcast that we still have done, sorry, that we did previously, but is now under the name Checkpoint. And then we have Pulling the Focus and Keeping the Flow. Um, Pulling pulling the Focus is like a... um, pop culture podcast, pop culture news updates, that sort of thing with uh, Mr. Hollywood and Luigi. And then there's, uh, of course, Checkpoint with Vincent and I, and then um, Keeping the Flow, which is Mr. Hollywood, Boba Shinga, or Vincent DeSantis, and myself, plus a guest host every week. Nice. That's awesome, man. I'm really, uh, yeah, that, that announcement video you had was like super hype too. Like that, the production oh, yeah. quality on that was unreal so shout out to writer to editing that whole thing yeah so and you guys are all in uh video uh production school is that am i right is that the right term for no it? so vincent <laughs> and writer are the only ones that are sorry 
I misspoke. Luigi's kind of, I don't know if he was in production school, but he's definitely doing video production as like a career. Like he's doing it. He gets like, we get like uh, Snapchats and like videos from all the time of just like being on show, movie sets in downtown Man, LA. Awesome. Uh, Vincent's going to school for post-production. Um, and then Ryder, I'm not sh- quite sure what his major was in when he went to the same school as Vincent and I, but um, I know he's still pursuing film at another university. Oh, okay. That's super cool. Yeah. So everybody listening now, go check out Strictly Casual. Uh, now the brand is Strictly Casual, which is super cool. They're on uh, it is cool. YouTube. Are you anywhere else besides YouTube or just YouTube for now? YouTube and Twitch. YouTube and Twitch. Cool. Very cool. So check them out and uh, we'll post all the links uh, to your guys' socials as well at the end of the show for sure. Um, as I said at the top of the podcast, you are listening to the I Never Cast for this podcast. And last episode w- with Erebus and Athricus, I think, honestly, was one of our best. So if you haven't checked that out, I highly recommend it. Um, it's the first in a series on mental health that we're and, uh, and gaming that we're doing. And last week, we focused on addiction and gaming disorder. And I thought we had a really, really good discussion. And uh, it was so good that, I, that we want to, to continue it into uh, a series of episodes for sure. So definitely recommend wow. checking those out. Um, also, all past episodes have been updated with show notes. So uh, there's a lot of old news from, from before and all that stuff. So you can just skip right past that and get right to the topic of the week. And uh, you can also watch us on uh, Twitch every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you can't catch the live show, that's totally fine. You can catch us on YouTube. We're also on the audio format is also on most major podcast networks. And if we're not on one, just let us know. And at the end of every show we do, with the exception of last show, but every show we do a trivia game show at the end where I try to stump the panel and uh, see if they can figure out uh, the answer to usually the, the, a question that is related to the topic. So, yeah, and it will be a VR-related question, so it should be fun. Um, before we get into the discussion today, uh, Erebus, what have you uh, been up to since last, uh, last episode? I hate to admit it, but I resubscribe to World of Warcraft. I realize... <laughs> That's not a popular thing to do because uh, a lot of people are boycotting the game, boycotting Activision and stuff. But uh, no, WoW is uh, it. They revamped the whole leveling experience. They did a level crunch and you can basically fire up a character at any level, play with any of your friends at any level um, and play through any of the expansions again. So you basically time travel back lore wise to Burning Crusade, Cataclysm, Warlords Drain or whatever you want to do. And you can level through that um, in uh you know, if you could be level five, your buddy could be level 45 and play together. So it's something they should have done a long time ago. And it's added a lot to the experience. I think, uh, Atherkus and I played a little bit a couple days ago. I think we're going to hit it again soon. And, uh, it was pretty fun, uh, to play through. So I'm doing that. And then the Pokemon crown tundra, uh, expansion yes. just dropped, uh, nice. and Kalthar and I played that. I went over to his place two nights this weekend and, mm-hmm. uh, we and pretended that our, uh, it was almost like we were kids again. Forgot that we have kids, and for you know a brief moment of time, and uh, we had a couple of really cool nights playing through uh, through some actual genuine Pokemon co-op, which I think is the first time that they've done that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was it was really really cool, kind of like yeah. something you envision when you're playing Pokemon Red and Blue back in the day. Um, it's a really cool cool expansion, and it, it really helps I think uh, fix the Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, uh, fiasco or issues that a lot of people have with the game. Crown Tundra is a really good expansion. So if you're mm-hmm. on the fence about Pokemon, I think it's a good time to dive in um, with that game for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were uh, up until like two or two thirty in the morning, and of course having to get up at like seven 
in the morning. Two days in a row kind of sucked, but it was worth it. You know, that's what, that's what, that's what kids do to you. Have to make yeah. you get up at seven in the morning. Oh, was actually, I shouldn't complain because that's pretty good. Actually. I probably got like I probably got like six hours of sleep through the entire weekend. So that was. Uh, Jeez. We somehow got. We somehow yeah. made it through. Worth it for sure. Yeah. Um, Africus, what have you? What have you been up to since uh, the last podcast? Um, did play plenty of WoW and whatnot. Um, mostly just trying to get my online life together. Uh, trying to track down all forty-seven of my email addresses. Trying to remember <laughs> the passwords and delete the ones I don't want anymore. Um, Are you exaggerating the, when you say forty-seven? Uh, I am. Um, it's probably closer to ten or eleven. Um, <laughs> Still a lot. <laughs> it's it's a fair amount that I need to to cut down and organize and um, I don't know. I'm trying to get my PC up and running properly and get all the games onto one hard drive and my digital life is a little bit of a mess. So I'm trying to bring it all together and organized. But when that's organized, I'm sure that'll that'll feel pretty good for sure. Mm-hmm. It'll feel good. Other than that, just watching movies and trying trying to diminish my movie list and that's about it movie backlog yeah cool man very cool and uh james so since the last podcast well you haven't been on a podcast so what have you like what tell us a bit about yourself uh other than besides strictly casual what uh tell us about james walmer so first of all right now i'm just a student so i go to uh, the same student as vincent so i am literally up to everything in homework right now like it is <laughs> zoom university is might be the biggest struggle bus that i've ever been on <laughs> um so one thing that i'll always complain about is because we are not in person our professors assign us more work to try and make up for the fact that we aren't in person and engage us with more content but because we are spread so thin across all our classes with our homework it leads to less um interaction and um, it leads us to less kind of, um, God, what am I trying to say? Um, we don't perceive the content as well because there's just so much. No, for sure. Yeah. I, I took, uh, I went to university as well and I think I took two online courses and they are the courses I hated the most because yeah. I, I used to, I, I used to never skip classes cause I used to just love going to class cause then I would feel like, okay, at least that's I'm absorbing something. So whether I study mm-hmm. for an exam or not, at least I went to class and I, I got, I absorbed something, but having to do everything online, I, I can't imagine. I would have failed so. at school. I would not have, if, the, if I went to school during COVID, I graduated eight years ago, but if I went to school during COVID, I would have failed out. Cause if everything was online, I would have been, I would have been screwed. Would have failed. Mm-hmm. I would be working. I would not be working. I'd be, I don't know what I'd be doing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how you guys are doing that all online. That must be tough. It's tough, but um, we're just getting through it, plowing through as much as we can. Um, I like, you know, <clears throat> I still have like groups of friends who I get to hang out with like on weekends, like every Friday night we get together, um, like make food. It's normally like a pizza or just whatever. Like last week we made like a queso and burgers and so we had like queso burgers. Hmm. Kind of good, not going to lie. Um, and then we watched a movie. So last week we watched Prisoners. Incredible movie. Prisoners is fantastic. The Hugh, is that the one with Hugh Jackman? Hugh yeah. Jackman. I and love Jake that movie. Cole. I thought that yeah, was, it's so good. Yeah, I think the reviews weren't great though, were they? I don't think they were. I don't know. I don't I know. Heard. I just know it didn't do well in the box office. Yeah, yeah. I loved it though. I remember Airbus. You and I watched that in your basement. That uh, that one. Yeah, time. yeah. It's very yeah. disturbing, but very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Very hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. 
No, for sure. Cool. Well, so, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, but in terms of games, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch lately. Oh, um, nice. Used to be way back into it when it first came out, but uh, jumped back in about a week or two ago with Vince because he just got it. So I was like, oh, I'll go back into it. Nice. And I just fell in love all over again. Yeah. I used to be hooked on that game for sure especially when it first came out and even like a year after it came out i picked it up and it's good i like it a lot especially if you have people to play with i think if you were playing solo Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be as good but no for sure cool well i think we're now ready to get into the topic of the week so this is a topic we've wanted to talk about for a very long time um so now and james is is getting ready he's all excited too so VR, is VR really the future of gaming? Um, we're we're going to focus more on the gaming aspect. I know VR has a whole lot of uses in education and in the workplace and different places like that. But specifically for, for gaming, we're going to more focus on today. Um, so first of all, let's just get everyone's over. Like I already know uh, Erebus and Athricus's opinions mostly on VR, but just so everybody knows, like let's just go around. So Erebus, tell us what's your experience with VR and, and your overall impressions of it. So I uh, went back and forth on VR for a couple of years when it was announced. Uh, Price point was too high for me at the time to really justify getting into it but like the more i did research on it watching reaction videos people on youtube like showing it to their parents and like people losing their minds and stuff i was like i really want to give this a try so i can't remember what year it was but i bought the oculus cv1 so that's the one with the two sensors and uh kind of like their launch i guess their first one other than the dk2 model which was more of their prototype but the cv1 i think was their first like retail launch and uh I was so I, I I will never forget the first time I put it on. I'll never forget when I was I was on Discord with you guys and I put it on and went through like the tutorial thing and I did not realize how good it was going to be in terms of the level of uh, like the depth of field and just the level of immersion and actually feeling like you're in the game. So I was super I was hooked from then on. So like um, love it, huge passion for it. Played a lot of um, like Elite Dangerous and a lot of. Um, a lot of different VR games, uh, a lot of tech demo type stuff, but like some really good VR games and uh, really enjoyed it. And then recently I sold my Oculus CB1 to Kelthar for an embarrassingly low price, like really <laughs> low price. He somehow, I don't know, I'm, I'm a sucker or something, but uh, <laughs> I really wanted Kelthar to get into it so he could play with us. And uh, so I gave it to him for next to nothing. I, and I got then, the little uh, brother discount. I think that no, it was helps. more than a discount. It was like, <laughs> yeah, 95% off or something, but or robbery, it, however uh, you want to put it. It was yeah. robbery. Yeah. And then I bought the, uh, I, I was getting sick of the sensors and I, the rift S had come out. So I heard the screen quality was a lot better. So I bought the rift S and I haven't looked back since it's been an amazing experience. I uh, really like it. And uh, recently no man's sky has been the biggest kind of like the biggest time sink for me in from a vr perspective but yeah right. in general love vr love everything about it awesome and i i i will i will be continuing to buy uh, sets as they come out uh, provided that the upgrade's worth it so my impression is you're fully on board with vr and you can't wait to see where it goes yep 100 percent. cool Africus, do you what, what's your experience with vr and what's your impressions uh well my 
probably the first year or two experience with VR was Erebus telling me how amazing it was and how I had to buy it immediately. <laughs> um, I certainly didn't. Um, I, I, I assumed it was good just based off what he was saying, but um, I, I didn't truly understand how cool it was until, um, I guess it was Kelthar's wedding? Yeah. Yeah. Came down, gave it a try. Um, uh, gave it a try then, and it was good. It was certainly good. I think there's still a video of me. Uh, I wouldn't say freaking out, but having having a good time for sure. It was uh, it was it was you playing in death, thinking you probably looked like Legolas, and it was uh, <laughs> it was really funny to watch. He was super into it, like super yeah, immersed, yeah. like he was in Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah. Now you actually tried it before that at DreamHack. I I did try it at DreamHack at your bachelor party. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it was. It was a weird game, and whatever was wrong with it, uh, it, it was uh, certainly not very fun. Um, the tracking was all off, and it, it was just it was wasn't set up properly. My 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 one wasn't set up properly. Right. Um, so so you weren't on, impressed from that initial. I wasn't initial super time. impressed. No, no. I, I pretty much forgot about it. Um, I, I certainly did enjoy it. Um, well, I I definitely enjoyed myself at, at your place because I ended up buying the the Rift S mm-hmm. a couple months later, I guess. Um, now I returned that one, but that, that's not the point. point <laughs> I, have, I have, I have a quest too now, so I'm, I'm, I'm relatively pleased Ooh. with that. Um, I'm certainly not in the same camp as Erebus. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's the future of gaming. Um, but okay. I, I, I think we'll have an interesting discussion on it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. And, uh, cool. So, uh, James, what's, what's your experience with, with VR? Um, so when I, I, the moment I saw VR, like Oculus consumer version one, I always wanted to be on board. And so the minute that the PlayStation VR came out, I was like, I'm all in. I want this. I got it for my birthday, the same year it came out. Um, and my experience with that was the space that I had was certainly not optimized for VR. Too small of a space. It was right here in my room. And I just couldn't get like it was the um, the field of view or whatever on the camera was not wide enough to just get the small space that I had. And mm-hmm. so um, for some games it would work just fine, especially like sitting games like uh, there was the Until Dawn um, like roller coaster game that was like a shooter, and you'd like go through the uh, Until Dawn environments and like shoot like um, like targets and stuff like that super fun um i had a good time with it but it always felt like kind of a party trick yeah. like it was always a thing to like have people come over oh try this and that was always yeah. fun like a, but like a I tech never, demo kind of thing eh? like a yeah. tech demo sort of thing so um i think to i'm gonna strike kind of in between Erebus and um Atherkus and say that it is a future of gaming but not the future but not the future of gaming. I don't think it's one dis- like I don't think everything is pointing to VR. I think VR is a branch of an experience that is going to continue to develop and that community and market for VR will continue to develop because I think it's at a point especially now at $300 entry at $300 US dollar entry point, I think that is accessible enough for people who want to be into VR to jump in. And I think the people that it is drawing right now are going to be, be continue to be drawn, but I don't know if it's going to be the ready player one type scenario where we have 
at least for a really long time where we have everyone who's fully immersed in these environments for long periods of time and mm-hmm. they don't care about like the outside world because everyone's just living in trailers because they don't care. Right. Okay. Um, no, that definitely all good points. So yeah, it's, you all have different points there, which is, which is really good. Do you, so do any of us think VR is a gimmick? I, I, based on your impressions just then, I'm going to say no. Am I right on that? Like VR is not, a lot of people think it's a gimmick, but I, I, I'm assuming you guys don't. Am I right on that? I do not. It depends on what you mean by, or how you would define VR. Like, are we talking about this, the headsets in their current form? Or are we talking about um, being able to, you know, have some sort of neural-like interface? I mean, what, what's the difference between the headset and, like, a neural link interface? Is, is, are we defining VR as, here's a headset and controllers? Or are we saying it's, it's literally, we're taking by its name, virtual reality? It's, it's a way to escape and into a virtual world. I guess. How, how do you want to take it? Well, well, I, it, it's it, it's something I I would need answered because I mean I I think virtual reality is certainly a, the future of gaming. Okay. I don't I, think I, I think that's how I, I think that's how it would be framed, Atherkis. Okay. Like virtual, at least I think for the purposes of this discussion, Kelthar can correct me if I'm wrong, but yes, I think we can all say that the technology of VR will evolve and go beyond what we just see in the current headset form. So I think I, th- I would think with the art, the discussion today is about just the virtual reality in general and how it, you know, is that it's in and of itself a gimmick versus, you know, traditional gaming. Would you, gaming. would you shove, um, uh, augmented reality into that same category? I wouldn't, I don't think, uh, I, 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 think I think they're, they're, different right like there there could be an overlap eventually where like they have methods where because like i know in, in the oculus rift s right like you can put on the headset and, and actually see your room through through the uh through the lens right Erebus? am i right on that with the, with the rift s because you can do that to like scan your room but eventually maybe they'll have something where you can look and see your room but there's going to be ar stuff too i don't know they yeah. could implement it that's coming up uh, soon i think with the with the quest 2 at least they're they're having a virtual workstation i think was announced with the quest 2 where you can have where you can see your your desk or whatever your room pass through and have your screens popping up augmented reality style yeah so i mean if we i mean we can get into the weeds on all the different functions of vr but i think kelter you said you want to keep it to vr yeah specifically if, if, if one, we right? can like just uh yeah i think vr and ar both have their uses and stuff and, and like i said with workstations and all that kind of stuff but i i think there could be ar in gaming as well you never know like it's i'm sure people more creative than me will come up with stuff like that but um yeah. Yeah, well, do we think headsets will always be used for VR gaming? Or do you, like uh, what? I don't think headsets like like the ones they are now by any means. I think eventually, I mean, if we go far enough into the future, we're talking about the the Neuralink with the uh, the Tesla's Neuralink or whatever whatever the hell it is. Um, that would be far far into the future, obviously. But um, headset current form certainly not. I don't think it'll be a huge thing with this headset, I think it will need to take another big leap for become before it becomes like a super mainstream gaming application. Mm-hmm. I think it'll have to get to the point where it's just glasses that like project into your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, and honestly, so this, this is, I'll start it off with this. So an issue I have with VR and I, I really like VR. I think it's cool, but I'm also 
very lazy when it comes to playing video games. I like to just grab a controller, sit down and start playing. I can, you know, have a, a drink or eat while I'm playing and all this kind of stuff. If I'm going in VR, I have to grab the headset, make sure the lenses are clean, put them on, adjust the eye things because they're all messed up, adjust it on my head, tighten it, loosen it. And then like it gets all uncomfortable. I have to take it off because I'm itchy. And then I put like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And then I'd find it's my controllers. Process. Oh, it's out of batteries. I need to go replace it. And, like, and I find that kind of stuff I just find so irritating and I end up wasting like 20 or 30 minutes just to get into a game sometimes. Now, maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I I just find that part of VR kind of takes me away from it a little bit, whereas I'd rather, like we've been playing No Man's Sky a little bit, and it's almost to the point where it's like I'd almost rather just play it on flat screen than spend all this time getting into to VR. See, so, I, do, I, don't, I don't agree with any of that at all in terms of in terms of the actual wow. problems with vr and i mean that in the nicest way you're just wrong <laughs> just kidding. no I, what what i what i'm saying is i could i could make that same like when i sit down at my computer i've got to get my mouse set up properly i've got to make sure my chair is at the right height here and uh i got to get my headset on oh wait my volume's too low i've got to readjust my volume okay no my monitor is a bit dirty i've got to wipe off my monitor uh, like I can, I can make that same argument. Like if you have VR properly set up, like when I sit down to play no man's sky, I, my headset is right there. I grab it. I put it on. I have my controllers. My stuff is already calibrated. There's nothing I need to do. I'm in V I'm in no man's sky just as quickly flat screen as I actually, I might be in a, in a bit quicker in VR to be honest with you. Uh, once I have everything set up. So th- I think that's more of a, I, I, I don't think there's much of a setup involved. There was, for me, and maybe that's part because you have the CV1, maybe your sensors and stuff, you got to deal with that kind of stuff and it's mm-hmm. a bit finicky. But for me with the Rift S, I, I throw it on and I'm in and I'm good. I, I don't have issues with like itchiness and like, I know, and I know that's an argument some people make about comfort. Um, I have a really weirdly shaped head. Maybe that's that, that helps, uh, it uh, helps me with uh, the comfort of the VR headset compared to others. I don't know, but I never have a comfort issue or anything like that. So I've heard those arguments before about setup and stuff. I just don't. I'm wondering if it's more uh, just, you know, I don't know. I, 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 most mentioned like mental, the mental piece of it, but it's, I don't know if it's just the optics of using VR and that it seemingly has a huge setup. So you feel like you just want to lay back and use the mouse and keyboard or whatever. But I just don't empathize with that argument because I, I just, I find it equally the same to set up or use. I, I would say that it's, uh, it's probably a little bit of both. Like you're uh, you're probably just super used to it. You just go in like you would any other computer game, whereas Kelthar is not super or doesn't go into it all the time. He, like you said, he's got sensors that need to be perfect and don't work all the time. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's just that Erebus is super used to it and, and really wanted to get into it and has put the time into making it simple, whereas Kelthar has kind of not had enough time to do that yet. Hmm. Could be. Hmm. James, you have a point on that? I think the main issue for me when it comes to VR for like, if we're saying, oh, we think everybody's going to have VR, right? I think the main issue is the isolation that VR brings. I think, I don't think people want to be totally like absolutely immersed. Like I guess vast majority of people, right? This is a generalization. I think the vast majority of people want to play games in an environment where they can still interact with other people around them if they want to drink their water whatever their gamer fuel whatever it is while they're while they're gaming they have that option to do that 
Um, they're aware of their surroundings. And I, I, we have some of that with like the pass through of uh, modern headsets with external cameras that they can like see their environment. But um, I don't think, I just don't think it's there yet. And if we, I mean, following that rabbit trail down to like something like Neuralink, right, in the far future, I think that's just going farther into like further, like, okay, I'm going to be laying on my bed for like hours. And I like, I just don't think that thought of saying, all right, I'm going to get home and I'm going to lay on my bed for hours while I play video games is like appealing to someone who might want to just um, want the more casual gaming experience. Yeah. And so I think the market's there for like the full immersion, like, oh, I'm hardcore. Like I want to jump in and be immersed. Like you might be Erebus or like it sounds like you are, but I just don't think that's for everybody and not for me. I would kind of agree with you there. Uh, I think for me, at least going into it isn't so bad. You know, you put it on, you're, you're in and you're disconnected, but I do find it very jarring coming out of it and going from a very, uh, going from, you know, whatever, something that's over the course of, you know, an hour or so does become very immersive um, and then coming out of it and, and, and being like, oh, yeah, this it's not super re- it's not actually real. You know, things are yeah, I, I get a little thrown off, although I don't know if I'd agree with the Neuralink. I, I feel like if the Neuralink was what I would want it to be, I would prefer that I would prefer to get lost in that because I would assume it would be closer to reality. Hmm. So you would almost forget that you're or you would almost completely forget that you're in a virtual world and coming because out. Because it's so tightly interfaced with your own. Yeah. Like, okay. Is that potentially dangerous? Do you think? I feel like to it a, would be. I feel like it is to a lot of people. Yeah. And it kind of ties into our, our subject last week. Right? Yeah, because I, I would almost make the argument that the Neuralink has its own limiting. Uh, like there's a sub there's a subset of people that would use VR but would not use a Neuralink because of the health Right, because of how invasive it is. It, the invasive, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I'll say on the last mm-hmm. thing we were just talking about, the again, I don't, I understand the, I understand kind of where you're coming from. I think the social piece is a good point that, like, if you're have your buddies over and stuff like that, that VR is a bit strange, but in, in terms of the isolation. But again, like, I, I would love to have a setup here where I have a Quest Two, I have my Rift S, my buddy can put it on it, and we can chill kind of together in the same room and do. There's some games that that work around that. So mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool to explore and see how, how that can be. Again, I, I use the pass through, as you mentioned. So like grabbing drinks, kind of knowing what's going on around me. If I hear a noise or something, uh, I don't find that too bad. And in fact, and I that's actually easy feel to activate. Really easy to activate. You just there's a, a you double tap. So on the controller here, uh, mm-hmm. you just double tap the uh, that's the wrong controller, but you double tap the O button on the other one. And then it just opens up pass through and then oh, you hit it again sweet. to go back through. So it's really simple. It doesn't interact, interfere with your gaming at all. You're in and out of it really quickly. And I actually feel more connected in VR because I can have um, in my game, I can add overlays. So like I'll be in, I'll hit a button and I'll bring my two monitors it, that appear in VR to be like 100 inch curved screens and I'll put them over me, you know, when I'm playing No Man's Sky. So I'll have a movie running here. I might have my buddy that's on Discord streaming something over here while I'm in VR playing my No Man's Sky fly, flying spaceship. So I actually feel more connected to people and, and all that stuff while I'm in VR playing. Um, so again, just my experience. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's uh, I, I, I just, I love it. I, I don't find, I don't, I don't, I don't, and I don't have, I, and that's just me personally. I don't have that coming. I can play VR for 12 hours and 
I don't do that anymore with kids now, but back in the day. <laughs> uh, but when I, pl- I played for long periods of time and then come out of it, went to sleep, like I haven't had, I've had some weird dreams, I guess, but I haven't had uh, uh, anything, you know, crazy or, or anything that would, would, you know, make question me wanting to play it anymore. Sure. Uh, so it, it hasn't affected my, I guess, real life that way. Yeah. Cool. I think one thing I just add on to that real quick is um, I think there's spatial barriers when it comes to VR. Like, mm. you have to have the space for it. Mm-hmm. And that's my personal deterrent from VR because I never feel like I'm in a space. Personally, I mean, my, I have a small house, but, like, I don't have the room necessarily to, like, spend extended periods of time. I guess it depends on what kind of game you're playing. Like, if you're playing that No Man's Sky or something, like, you're pretty much you know, if you're seated in a, in a spaceship or something, like you wouldn't really yeah, walk around it. much anyway, right? It depends on what you're I, doing. Well, yeah. I, I think, I think too. Yeah. Like, and I was in a small space before I was in this house. Uh, I had mm-hmm. a small area that I was using the VR in and I was hitting the wall constantly hitting the ceiling constantly. It was very frustrating when I was trying to get really into it. Um, something that Africus might be able to touch on as he gets more into the quest too. And what really appeals to me is the wireless because the, the wire right. on the VR headset is also really annoying. Sometimes you're playing, you, you get twisted around, it gets around your leg or whatever. And that takes, that ruins the immersion, I think, because it takes you out. Um, and you feel like you're limited in movement. I can imagine with the quest two being wireless and being able to just freely run around a large room in your house. If you're, if you have that, um, that must, I would say that's even better. And I haven't even experienced that before. No, for sure. Um, I, I guess it's a it's a good thing to cover here. Is do we think VR gaming is actually going to replace standard gaming with a screen? I think that's a good thing to say because I, I personally don't think it will, and I think a few other of you kind of share that. And Erebus, I think you're, you're more on the side that it probably will ev- eventually. Yeah, I, I, I have more. Of, I have more of the controversial opinion of I think, and I don't have a timeline on this, but I think. If I look at, I think we'll be the old people that say in like 15, 20 years, we'll be saying, oh, back in my day, we watched TV. Like, I, I do think that when VR hits a certain point in terms of screen quality, in terms of comfort, um, in terms of, to your point about, you know, not feeling, having that, uh, that issue when you come out of it and go into it and that kind of stuff. If they can solve all those issues... Uh, and cr- and have a pretty cool social experience. I don't think we're that far away from, uh, like, why would you buy an eighty-inch TV when you could when you could have a three hundred-inch TV, perfect quality, four K or eight K or whatever it is, at, you know, when it comes out, and do it in VR. Uh, you know, it, I I I think we're going there. I think it sounds ridiculous to think of people sitting on a couch next to each other with headsets on watching TV. I, I think that whole, but I, I I would I would be as bold as to say I think we are going in that direction. As weird as it sounds, I don't. I, I really do think TVs will be on their way out. Um, oh. Might be 10, 15 years from now, but I think I think we're going in that direction. Yeah, I I, I, I certainly agree with that. I mean, it's it's not going to be as. I I do agree. I think at some point, no one will have a screen in their house at all, because it will be to the point. And if you look at some of the VR headsets that have been displayed, I know Panasonic has one that's literally glasses go around your ear that they're like this, and I, I can imagine not having a single screen in my house, just having my glasses on my on my uh, on my shirt, pick them up, put them on, and not necessarily virtual reality, but at least having an advantage reality where you do have that ninety inch TV on your wall. No mm-hmm. screens at all, though. 
Oh, I, I agree. I, I, I agree, agree completely with Atherkus. Especially I, I, if you can have a, have a VR and an AR system all into one. So you click a button, yeah. you're in VR, click a button, and now you have – it's like you're looking through a set of glasses, but you have all your screens everywhere. Google they're not Glass, actually in your house. Yeah, they're not, they're not there. <laughs> yeah. That would, be, that would be cool, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, with VR too, like, and it's like Bob Ashinga said in chat, that's actually uh, the co-host on Strictly Casual with, with James, but he was saying Great guy. he can't, <laughs> he says, VR makes me low-key anxious if I'm in there for over 30 minutes. And I think there's a lot of people like that, right? And maybe that's VR in its current state, eventually with all the studies and tests and all this kind of stuff. Eventually, yeah, maybe they'll get to a point where VR, like people, people can handle it, right? Like, no there's, a co- there's, there's a couple of things with that. So, I, I completely agree. And I've met people uh, like Baba Shinga that, or I know people that that can't stay in it for more than 20, 30 minutes. I think actually Green Knight's one of them. He talks about how he gets a bit motion sick and stuff like that. So, I think obviously the science around VR, they need to figure that out. They need to they need to figure out how to make it less. Um, you know, for people that are a little bit more prone to motion sickness, to maybe claustrophobia, those types of things, or isolation, uh, you know, they have to figure that out. And maybe that's the headset design, like Athricus said, maybe they need to change that. But I do think that um, I just, I, I, I think once they solve that and the comfort level and they get, they get it down um, to where, like Athricus said, it's a, it's a pair of glasses that you put on, or it's, it's something where it's not nearly as jarring, but it just takes you right in. Um, I think if they can solve that piece, uh, yes, there'll probably still be a small subset of people that can't use it, but I think that number is small. Um, and also the other thing I was going to say too is I have, and I think Kelthar, you've run into this too. Sometimes it's just not, a lot of people that have used it, they just don't have it set up properly. They might not have their IPD set properly. Mm-hmm. They may not, they may, some people, you know, are in denial that they actually need glasses and VR really hones in on that. If you need glasses, if you don't, if you have vision issues that you haven't addressed uh, and you try to go into VR, it's going to mess you up. And I've read about that. Like you need, mm-hmm. you need to have. There's actually contact lenses you can get for VR uh, that go against the. Uh, actually, Athricus, uh, you had an issue like that, didn't you, with VR? Yeah. Uh, I had an issue with the with the Rift S because there was no IPD slider. Um, yeah, the whole thing looked like garbage. And I, I don't know whether mine was. <laughs> I don't know whether mine was uh, defective as well. The uh, the uh, software IPD adjustment didn't didn't seem to do anything so i could have just had a defective model but um yeah yeah, an ip collider is certainly necessary for that so Atherkus, if you don't mind me asking Mm -hmm. what is your experience been with the quest 2 because that is the most like that it has the highest resolution screen right it's 2k resolution they boast like almost little to none screen door effect Mm -hmm. um I heard the strap isn't incredibly comfortable, but the elite strap is comfortable. So I don't know if you have that. Uh, I don't. Um, okay. the, the strap's not super comfortable. Um, I would definitely get the elite strap, and I, I'm considering getting the elite strap with the battery built in just to mm-hmm. to uh, counterweight the back because um, I do find it. It's obviously a light system, but it's 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 still not right weightless. Um, so I think that would help. I know the elite straps are having issues with breaking. Um, a lot of them are, are snapping on people and people are getting pretty upset about that. Um, but as far as screen door effect, uh, there's almost none. Um, I, I think um, certainly for the price, it's, it's phenomenal for the price. Um, I have a problem with, um, and I, I, it's not going to bother everyone, but for me, the uh, the sweet spot 
um, having to be perfect. And, and even when you're perfectly centered, you know, if you're looking around, moving your eyes around, obviously the edges aren't clear. Right. If they could fix that, that they w- I think it would be a damn near perfect system. So, um, so you said the, the aura still does that? Well, I think everyone's does that. Like if, if yeah. you're looking dead on, it's, it's going to be relatively clear. But they all have like moving, a sweet spot, yeah. Yeah, if you're moving yeah. your eyes around, it's, it's blurrier on the edges. That, that's just a lens thing. I don't think you're going to get away from that until we move on to something new. VR Whether contacts. Be, that'd be deadly. Good contacts. Are pretty, <laughs> there are contacts for sure. Yeah. Um, I've seen a few. Uh, Athricus dropped oh, for you guys? I think it takes me out yeah, of it, yeah. but that's pretty standard oh, for everything. Uh, say that one more time, Athricus. You, you dropped for a second. Yeah, I keep dropping. I don't know why. I had to reset my router. Um, I, that's, that's my only complaint, and it, it's not a knock on the Quest 2. Like that's, that's every headset is going to have mm-hmm. the, 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 hit the sweet spot. But um, yeah, I don't know if I would change anything. Hmm. Uh, it's, really, it's really unfortunate, too, that, um, and this is kind of its own topic maybe, but it's really unfortunate that Oculus is leading the charge in this uh, because Facebook... Uh, yeah. is disgusting. I would go as far as to say that, and I, I would certainly hope there's no debate here on this, but they no. requiring a Facebook account. Uh, I just read an article today saying people that were deleting their Facebook accounts were losing access to their Oculus account and their games. Yeah. I, read that um, I, I think it's absolutely disgusting. I think they should be ashamed of themselves. I think the Palmer Lucky guy or whatever his name is, the guy that created Oculus, uh, is. I, I know he's not happy with all this because they had made that promise um, and Facebook had made that promise that they would never have required, they were not going to require Facebook accounts and all this stuff. So the whole privacy issue around VR, and it's just really unfortunate that, you know, I'm passionate about VR, I'm passionate about the technology, but a lot of it gets lost in this, this bullshit of, uh, of, of, uh, of the, the, the privacy stuff that there, that should not be a problem, but Facebook's making it a problem. Um, so it's just, unfor- I'm really hoping that some bigger, you know, I, we got the valve index, we've got the, uh, uh, was it the G the the G two HP two? So yep. there's some there's some cool up and comers, but Oculus is definitely I think in the lead right now. Just in just in terms of um, I guess resources that they have and what they're putting into it. Uh, but I just I, I personally just from a personal standpoint, the Facebook stuff really bothers me because it, it's just taking away from the prog- progress of VR in general. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they certainly went for it. They they knew no one could compete at that price point with what you're getting. So they yep. knew that people would be all over it, and so they, they had some leeway to, to force you to get an account and, and use your real account and your real name and stuff. Um, so they, they're, definitely, they're definitely assholes, and they know what they're doing. But, I mean, if, you, if you're going to put the money into it, then you're going to get away with it, I yeah. guess. Brutal, for sure. Um, we, got a, we got a good tweet today, actually, because uh, I tweeted out about the show, and someone responded, and he, uh, I, I thought it would be good to read this on the show, because he, he makes some, some good points here. So it's from Darth Buzzard on Twitter. He says, VR isn't like other advancements in gaming because it is its own medium. So he's arguing it's not really in competition. It's like the birth of gaming itself, but really more than that, since gaming is a subset of what VR offers. There will be a day where both VR and AR are integral to daily life, including gaming, but this doesn't mean it will replace traditional gaming. I think a huge part of VR's gaming future is a combination of VR games, non-VR games played on virtual screens, the evolution of gaming communication, like future VR Discord chat rooms, and attending virtual events like E3. And he said, last thing is that, like all mediums, it will take a long time to develop and refine. So people need to temper expectations before VR gaming is mainstream. That could take until the end of this decade and not just in the next few years. 
Hmm. So do you do you think do you agree with what he's saying there? Like is is VR gaming like its own thing? Like and it's not actually gonna replace regular gaming necessarily, but it's just gonna be in addition to? I th- I think it will take at least honestly probably closer to twenty to thirty years before it replaces not necessarily traditional gaming, but certainly like we were uh, talking. Twenty to thirty? I'm thinking at least, at least 20 before it gets to the point where we were talking about before, where it's super comfortable, where it's non-invasive, where you can just, you can have it in your pocket all, all the whole time. And I, again, I don't know if it would, I guess we're talking about. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling with like, you're talking 20 to 30 years. So we're talking 1990 to now look at where, what we where the evolution of stuff from then to right. now you're looking at like regular NES to where we are now. So to me, like 2040, I, like I, I like I feel like it's rapidly progressing. Like I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be some time, but I, I would I would say more around the 10, 10 to fifteen than the twenty to that's thirty. Where probably. Would, that's where I would land. Yeah, too. depends on what we're talking about. I guess. I don't I don't think twenty is out, outrageous. By all, at, at, at any, I think twenty is a fair thing to say because, um, to to be it fully mainstream, I think ten or fifteen it's going to be pretty common. But I think twenty is where it's going well, yeah, it to. could take into, over. If we're getting into yeah. semantics on on fully mainstream versus mainstream, but I I know I, I I would stand by ten to fifteen for just generally mainstream. Like I think VR is getting more and more popular every single year, uh, and I think again it's I I think you got to look at too the real world stuff that's going on. So like who know with the COVID pandemic and with everything that's going on with that the way the world is going, where it's just it's an unfortunate reality, but it's almost like that Ready Player One kind of. You know, people are staying at home more. People are isolated more. Um, v, there's going to be a push for VR there, I think, in terms of being, you know, VR in the classroom, for school, for offices, for engineering. There's already uh, uh, the previous place I worked, VR was used to, for the, so people didn't have to go offshore on the oil rigs. They were using VR just to tour the oil rigs and design stuff right through the VR platforms. Like, I think we're going in that direction fairly rapidly. Um, so for me... Again, I, yeah, 20 to 30 years, we're going to see a big shift. But I, I think the shift, the shift itself to mainstream, I think, will happen earlier. Personally. I have a question. Do you think it'll happen first with the gaming? Or do you think it'll happen first with everyday um, application? Like having instead of um, like a TV on your wall, you have an application in mm-hmm. a like VR like glasses or whatever the normal yeah. everyday application would be right. So my, well, I'm imagining it. So in the U.S., we love football. Okay, Super Bowl Sunday. I walk through the door. My boy Tommy. He goes, "Oh, you got your glasses? Pop them on. We're watching the game right now." I pop my glasses on, and it's not the full screen. It's a window in the corner where I can watch the game and I can interact with everyone, mm-hmm. eat food, do the whole shebang, do the social function, while at the same time everyone is synchronously watching the football game altogether. I, I would probably argue, um, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I would want that personally. I, I would be more looking forward to you get all your friends over and for the big game or whatever. And you put, you all put on your glasses and you are, you are not, you know, you, there's not like a window or you know, a screen. You're at the stadium. You're sitting like there's a camera in your house. It's taking pictures of your friends. So it's bringing all your friends beside you on the rows, and you're in the game. I think we're closer to that than 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 what you're saying. But wouldn't that take actual like goggles instead of just glasses? 
Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I, I think we're going closer. To go to that game, I, I, well, no, you can still do that with with goggles now. You can have both. You can have both. Like you yeah. can have some one thing that does both things. Mm-hmm. I, I think the whole. I, I just think the whole notion. Whether again, I think we're going to sound like old people this way, but I think the whole notion of going to your friend's house to watch. I don't think people are. I don't think. I think mm. people are just going to chill in VR. I think you're going to go on VR and you're going to go like watch the Super Bowl with your buddy. If you look at what's happening with COVID now. Like, have you guys seen, like, the digital screens in the stands and stuff that people are using? Like, for sports events and uh, The Voice, I think it was, or, or America's Got Talent or something like that. They've got, sc- like, the crowd is screens with people's faces. And they're yeah. Really, isn't, like, basketball, isn't basketball doing that? I, I don't know they if you guys watch Black, Black Mirror, but there was an episode of Black Mirror around that. Like, it's literally happening now in real life. Like, yeah. It, it, what was your question, Calthar? Sorry. Saying, didn't the NBA do that where they had fans yeah, in the stands yeah. with faces? Yeah, yeah, so they had fans in the stands. So I, what I'm saying is, like, that wasn't VR. That was just like people were watching through their monitors with webcams, and that was being synced, and the sound of their cheering was being synced to the game. But like, if, if VR was mainstream, that's what you're going to start seeing. Like people at, at events, you can sell tickets to games and stuff through VR. Like, and they're already starting to go down that path where you can mm-hmm. buy NBA tickets. Um, it's nuts. Like I, so I guess that's more my point of, of our your question from before is I just I really do think we're moving rapidly in that direction, not just for gaming, but for just general a- activities. And then I think the real world events is helping to drive that. Mm-hmm. Do you that think part. that's going to happen first before it's applied to gaming in a more seamless fashion, or do you think it's going to uh, happen first for gaming? That's a good question. I, I think it. I think it will. I think if Facebook leads the charge, uh, like they're pushing for not just a gaming kind of thing. I feel like they're sure. pushing the quest is like a general all use uh, type thing. Uh, so I think it, I think it'd probably be regular application first, like in terms of, um, in terms of, and I think that's what Facebook's tra- they're, they're trying to attract like non gamers. Like I think the PC right. gaming VR is still, that'll be a harder sell. The mm-hmm. PC gaming, because the PC, mm-hmm. like the PC gamers, mouse and keyboard, that's their thing. That's what they're passionate about. Um, and getting them off of that is going to be difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're going after people that are not traditional gamers with the Quest 2, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because it is perfectly standalone. And that's what people want. Like the same people who just buy an Xbox or PlayStation and they're good to go. So yeah. They, yeah. Want, they want that kind of thing. Yeah. Does anyone hear a fan in the background or is that just me? Oh, Kelper. sorry. That oh. is my uh, heater. Oh, not a big deal. I didn't hear it, to be honest, but that, that's fine. Okay. Um, well, what, okay, what does VR actually need to do to become successful? What do, what do you guys think? Not that it's not successful now, but like to become fully mainstream, what is it that VR would have to do? Do you have any ideas? I think it needs to be comfortable. That's the number one yeah. thing. Um, graphical fidelity and everything aside I think people will be able to bear um, sub I, maybe like it has to be good right at least Oculus Quest 2 level but I think it at least has to be comfortable and light to wear for extended periods of time okay so comfort it's a big one I think I think accessibility um, I would love to see I know there is one called Viveport um, but it's not very good I think accessibility to AAA VR titles, because one of the common complaints about mm. VR or common stereotypes that I hear, which I personally don't think is true, but it is a stereotype, is that VR in its current form is just glorified tech demos. Like there's, you can, all the games mm-hmm. are kind of like 20 minute experiences and they're not fully right. dead, but you got um, Lone Echo, uh, Half-Life Alex, 
uh, Asgard's Wrath. Like I can think of games that are long experiences that are really good. And then Elite Dangerous, No Man's Sky, like games that have thousands of hours in them. So I, I don't agree with that argument. It, but in terms of getting people into VR, the Quest 2, the price point came down, which was huge. They're taking a loss, I think, on each console, but just to get it in people's houses. But um, I think that's big. But I also think gaming accessibility needs to be good because right now, the you know, to, buy, to spend 50, 60 bucks on a game that's only going to last you like an hour and it's kind of like a tech demo. So I think mm-hmm. I'd love to see something like an Xbox Game Pass. That's yeah, more for VR. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I think all of that needs to happen. And then my last piece for me, the only issue I have with VR is the FOV. I still don't sure. like that. I see yep. the edges. Um, yeah. Tunnel vision, uh, tunnel vision. And I think that bothers a lot of people, at least what I've read on forums and stuff. So I think they need to kind of, they have to get out of that. And I'm sure they're moving towards that. It seems like it's getting better every time, but this, the day that I don't see any edges to the screen, I mean, that's going to be nuts. That'll be I know cool. higher end VR headsets boast I've, like 180 heard, degree fov but those like are like pimax or something or like, yeah that's yeah. the one pimax is uh is almost full uh, peripheral vision 210 degrees or something or one that's, of them yeah, is. maybe it's not the pimax but there's one system out there that has a full full view but it's right. also incredibly expensive it's like I, five I grand ass- yeah. i would assume yeah. so. whatever it is <laughs> yeah and and to three was two shorts point there in the chat in terms of pricing i again think the quest 2 is standalone so the Quest Two, I think, is like it was it three fifty or something. American. I don't know how much it is American. Canadians like Quest four. Two is three hundred American. So to me, you're you're almost got you've segregated into choices. Do you buy a PS Five? Do you buy you know you go PC gaming or there? I think there's going to be a group of people that are just you know VR gamers. You buy Quest Two and you can play VR right out of the box. You don't need anything else. So I think right. I think I think their pricing is actually it's not it, it can yeah. still get better obviously, but I think it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I have a few points to share, but I want to hear Africa's first. So we've heard from Erebus and James. Oh, uh, I, uh, uh, well, other than agreeing with, with them, um, with comfort and field of view and, and, and clarity and all that stuff, um, I, I really want to see them add some sort of like functioning proper um, AR support, a pass-through support. Like the pass-through is, it's not great. It's super delayed. It's super blurry. It's not in color. If they could make it so that you click a button and it's like you're almost in the real world, but you have that augmented reality of being able to have screens, move your screens around, I would certainly never buy another monitor again. Um, so I think they, I think with everything they've said, certainly comfort and, and that, and, and having those, the AR capability, uh, I guess the only other thing I would add is, um, and it goes, goes um, along with comfort would be portability. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to have to have my controllers. I don't want to carry them around with me. And I don't want it to be so big that I have to put it in a carrying case. You know, I, I want it to be small enough that I can, and light enough that I can put it in my pocket like a phone. Um, and then, or put it, even put it in my backpack and, and not have to have it in a case. I want it to be durable and rugged and not be like afraid it's going to break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly I want, I want them to get rid of the controllers as well. They've got the hand tracking on the Quest 2. It's okay. It's not great. But if they can make that perfect, uh, I think that would be a lot more mainstream. Yeah, I would agree with that. For sure. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. But I think, honestly, what it comes down to is developers need to push for VR, right? Valve started with Half-Life Alex Erebus. You mentioned that. I think if developers start focusing hard, like really hard on VR, and they make kick-ass games that you have to buy, like, like the problem with everyone saying, like, why, why would anybody buy an Xbox Series X right now, right? There's no Halo Infinite, blah, blah, blah. Like, the, the tech in it is incredible, as far as I can tell. All this, all, like, everything in it is, is ridiculous. For the price you're paying, you're getting insane hardware. 
but they have no game. So that's why people are saying, well, why buy it? Who cares? Ultimately, I think a general consumer, unless you're like a, like a techie type kind of person, an average Joe or someone who's a casual gamer is not going to go to VR unless there are incredible games. Like some people buy an Xbox or PlayStation to play Call of Duty every year or a sports game or whatever. Like they have their games they like. They don't care about the tech. They just want to play the games they like. So if companies actually develop insane, amazing games and the media takes over and they say, look, this is the next big thing, like what World of Warcraft did for like PC gaming and stuff like that, bringing everyone in saying like this is the game you have to play, right? That I think that is what would push VR into more mainstream and make and making a big deal that way. Uh, I agree to an extent. The developers, there's definitely some onus on developers to develop games. However, I think the games are there. I think if anyone that buys a VR headset, um, I think most games are represented now in VR. There's good, high quality, high Metacritic score games in most categories now for VR. There's enough meat there for people to justify a purchase. So I do agree developers have to keep pushing the envelope. They have to keep making it. But I think there's a higher onus to get, we need VR in people's houses. We And I think Facebook has the right approach there that they're taking a loss on each console. They're, they're trying to increase the number. I think, Arthur, because we were looking at this the other day, I think it's 1% or 2% of Steam users have a VR headset, right? So you have indie developers out there. You have the smaller developers that are not as big as Valve that are not going to be willing to take a leap or can't afford to take a leap in designing a VR game unless you know, there's a 10 or a 20% demographic of VR users on Steam where they can actually reasonably take that risk and know they'll get a return. And if they don't, if VR is not in people's houses or not in a way, there's going to be a lot of companies that just won't be willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. So top tier developers, absolutely, that have the yeah. resources, should be pouring time into VR, should be developing games. Every game that's made for flat screen by a top tier developer, I would hope that they have VR implementation for them. They should take yeah. the time and do that. But again, the, 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 the carrot at the end of the stick for people, there, there needs to be more VR in houses. Uh, yeah. more, more, more houses how do you get happen. VR in houses you have amazing games right if someone buys Call of Duty every year but it's, but it's already it, there it's already there like there's already enough games uh, to get people I, in the well VR but I don't think there's enough big games like there's people who are already into VR or somewhat into VR look at Asgard's Wrath and stuff the general person on the street is not going to have any clue what the hell Asgard's Wrath is Right, not the mm-hmm. same way they see Call of Duty or, or whatever, right? We know Asgard's Wrath because we, we are in VR. We're, I would classify as more on the hardcore gamer side than, than casual gamer. But mm. what Activision needs to do is make a Call of Duty game exclusive for VR that the people who buy Call of Duty every year be like, oh, crap, I need to play Call of Duty. Okay, I'll go look. How, how much is this Oculus Quest? Maybe by the time that happens, Oculus Quest might be one ninety nine. Who knows? So instead of going to buy the new PlayStation for Call of Duty, they buy an Oculus Quest, right? I, I think that is what needs to happen, like, in order for VR to really take off. But until that happens, I don't think it will, until something like that happens. What do you guys think about that? Feel free to disagree. <laughs> I'm trying to give somebody else the opportunity to uh, jump in. I, I, I guess you're, you're looking at it more from a... Uh from a console stance, you're, you're like, the Xbox wouldn't sell. And I mean, technically the, the, the quest two it certainly is a console, but, mm-hmm. um, you're saying it needs that flagship game. That's exactly it. Right. I, I think if it, if it has this insane game, like PC had world of Warcraft, people went out and bought PCs to play so, world of so, Warcraft. So half-life. So to me, half-life Alex is the flagship game. It's big. One of the biggest I, franchises in the world. I think I disagree solely for the fact that it's not multiplayer. 
I think yeah, I, would, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't agree with that the, either. Yeah, I, it happened to be like the biggest. I mean, I guess you look at something like PlayStation, and you say the biggest games are like God of War, Last of Us, Uncharted. Right? Those are all single player experiences, and those are what sell consoles. However, I think what gets the console into the house is, oh, I want to go. I want to buy a console to play. You know, Minecraft, my buddies. I want to buy a console to play like Call of Duty, Destiny, whatever it is with my buddies. Mm. And so I think for in order, to, if you want more units, you need to have more communal experiences in VR. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. If all your friends are buying VR and you want to play with them, like at not all your friends aren't going to buy VR to play a game by yourself. Consoles. Exactly. Right. Like I have a bunch of buddies who were kind of all over the spectrum with like oh i don't know if i'm gonna buy a series x or like a ps5 they're kind of more like just kind of oh well like i'll play a game here and there and so i'm like me being the probably the most hardcore gamer out of some of my friends i was like oh i'm buying a ps5 and one of my other buddies was like oh i have a ps4 love it and i love these games that were on the ps4 i want to play the ps5 and so i was like oh we'll play together now the two of us are in the other the other two are like oh well i guess i'm gonna buy a ps5 you know, because there's going to yeah. be communal experiences. We're yeah, I, I, so I, I can go. I can go there. I, 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 the multiplayer piece I can understand. I don't necessarily agree. It needs to be a Call of Duty. Um, I look at Nintendo Switch. Uh, it has its own identity. Uh, hmm. It has its own types of games that it attracts people. I own a Switch, and I also own an Xbox and a PC for different reasons. Could VR have its own market where it has its own identity, its own type of games that attracts the the pop the gamers that own multiple consoles? I think it could go there, but but I do agree. Yeah, a, a, a flagship title like Call of Duty or um, something that there there is no multi, there is multiplayer draw. There's not well known multiplayer draw in the yeah. right. in the That's one of those big titles. Yeah. So that that's what I I honestly think that's what it needs. If if in the media took hold, like a big company like Activision or if Blizzard made I don't know. Starcraft 3 in VR, not Starcraft, that's a bad example, like Diablo 4 was VR exclusive or something like that, like a big game that would draw a bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to do VR exclusive. No, no one's going to take that. Like, well, that's what Valve yeah. did. That's what Valve they, did, they, yeah. They, they did with a single-player game, yes. Right. Right. Um, but for them to do a like a Call of Duty VR-only multiplayer game, I mean, maybe they will, but that that's, again, like... If you look at that from a from a, from a just a pure business standpoint, it's like okay, we got one percent of Steam users to use VR. Let's make our next game VR only. And I think that's more right. my point. If they have, if they can look at the stats and say, okay, now we got thirty percent of people are using VR on Steam. Well, that maybe is an easier sell to people to say, hey, we're going to go VR only with our next game. We're going to take a jump here. But I think you need VR in houses more. But I I I, I see both. Ar- I I see your argument, Kelthar, that like they need to have that game needs to be there from a multiplayer standpoint. Yeah. I just don't know if the first step is getting more VR headsets sold, you know, just to get like in a general sense, or if it needs that to really take off. Mm-hmm. And, and I see what you're saying too. I just really think that what will get headsets into the house is the games. Like that's why people buy stuff. Like people don't, aren't going to buy an Xbox series X to watch movies, right? Like they're going to buy it so they can play the best games. Right, the same way yeah. you're, you're going to buy a but, VR headset. But, but to maybe, play. but but if we think a little bit more expansive, and to uh, James Wommer's point, um, maybe maybe it's not a game that takes gets the Quest Two off. Maybe it's some crazy thing that's non-gaming 
that gets right. Quest Two. That, that's a very valid off, point too. Selling yeah. off the shelves, and then through that, as I said, you, now your usage is way up. Travis yeah. Scott Oculus Quest concert. <laughs> that, that Fortnite concert was amazing. That, that it was so cool. Whether you like Fortnite or not, that was cool. But I agree. <laughs> something like that in VR would be insane if they did something yeah. like that. So that yeah, that's a good point. Something yeah. like that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. There needs to be a game like Fortnite in vr i think is which would really draw people in something of that caliber like a free-to-play season free, pass base exactly yeah yeah oh 100 100 if they can mm-hmm. get if they can get that uh that going yet yeah that yeah. receives a bunch of post-launch support yeah, yeah. it's population yeah. one uh it's not free to play i guess population one the mistake they made with that game is it it that so that game is getting extremely high reviews uh it's a battle royale game designed for vr i actually really want to play it the mistake they made with that game, but again, probably because they have to recoup their costs, is it's thirty bucks. Mm. If it was free, if that was a free to play, that might be one of your games because it it it's supposed to be really good. But again, it doesn't have any brand identity. A lot of people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. But it's population one is uh, you guys should. If anyone's lo- listening to this and is into VR, uh, it looks really really good. Yeah. No, for sure. Um. We're we're clocking in around, around an hour, so we we can we can probably answer a couple more questions here that I was looking at. So, are there any downsides to VR gaming that you guys find? Like there, besides like the comfort level or anything, is there anything else that would really deter people from getting into it? Do you think, or from it to really taking off? I don't think there's in in. I don't think there's anything like that just off the top of my head that would like deter people as far as, as the way I, I think the way you're trying to trying to word it. Uh, but I do have a concern. Well, I have two concerns actually. Um, and I'll skip, I'll scan through, I'll skip through one. I, I do fear that it will, it will slowly become kind of like uh, PlayStation Xbox. It'll become console exclusives. There'll be a lot of console exclusive games. And I'm, a, I'm afraid that'll start to happen and, and, it'll kind of deter you from getting the best headset and it'll push you more towards keeping the same brand of headset that you have, whether it's the best or not, just because that's where all your games are. Okay. So like that game is being exclusive to Oculus. You mean like things like that? Oculus There's a bunch that are exclusive to, to index and all that shit. That, That was one minor concern. My, my controversial concern, um, is um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit up in the air on this. Um, I'm now now I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, five G is gonna gonna you know, get you coronavirus, get coronavirus, <laughs> or cancer or whatever. Wait, but I, I certainly do have fears on um, having something that has that five G capability that has Wi Fi and all that stuff going to it. And having that strapped directly to your head for s- extreme long periods of time, um, and uh, and you could say that, or you could say, you know, the stre- screens being too close to your eyes can can damage them over time, and mm. yada yada. So I do have physical concerns uh, with having something strapped to your head for a long period of time. That's really all all I'm worried about, all right, and I think would possibly deter some people from from doing it. Yeah. The, uh, the the health effects are my concern too. Like that's probably my primary concern is that it it becomes it it, it becomes super popular and then it becomes uh, 
you know, the technology advancement is so quick and they kind of forego the research into the long lasting impacts of VR. Mm-hmm. Like they already have warnings saying you shouldn't uh, have prolonged experience uh, exposure to uh, let, let kids use it for prolonged periods of time uh, because, they're, because their eyes are still developing. So there's stuff, there's already warnings about that. Um, so like, yeah, I, I'm, but it's the same thing with like the, the evolution of cell phone technology. Like, are we all in, going to find out in five years that you know cell phones are like cigarettes and we're all going to get brain cancer at the same time uh because we didn't know the impacts of, of 4g and 5g and all that stuff so but yeah i, I agree like I, I'm, I'm concerned about and like the whole just the whole like Neuralink idea of having something hooked up to your brain and your line like the sword mm-hmm. art online kind of thing right i mean i mean that was an anime i know and a story but just see what happened in that thing right like the premise of all these different risks of of giving that much access to yourself is right. uh I think I think privacy is one, and then the health effects are the other. So, and just going going more simple, like having a a one pound thing strapped to the front of your head, like that's a lot of strain on your neck muscles and probably your spine. And I mean, if we're not talking about electronics, we're just having something physically strapped to your head. It's probably pretty straining. It's just weight. I feel like I, I haven't I haven't heard that. I I I'm, I'm, I honestly I haven't researched that, but I feel like that would be there'd be warnings about they could. And maybe they're, I don't think having the extra thing on your head, like it's not that heavy. I'd say they'll get lighter and lighter anyway, over time. Yeah. I would would think. Yeah. But maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe, uh, I mean, Tim, the tap man has a dent on his head now from wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I never saw that. Yeah. He has a dent on his head from wearing his headset so much. Do you think that's actually from wearing a headset? I don't know. I don't know if it's a little marketing thing, but (laughs) there is a dent exactly where his headband said, and it looks hilarious, but, um, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. James, anything um, you want to throw in? Maybe, like, I'm thinking of in Sword Online Season 2 when there was that guy who was sending people to people's houses to literally, like, kill them while they were in VR and they, like, couldn't do anything because they lived alone. And that's, like, my serial killer, like, you that's know, fear. Right. It's like someone's going to break into my house if I'm living alone and in VR. Yeah. 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 And that, that's, 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 that's a, yeah. Yeah, that's an issue I have with VR too, the total immersion thing and how immersed do I actually want to be? And like, just from a simple perspective, at least in present times, like I'm a substitute teacher, so I need to make sure I'm aware of where my phone is at all times because I need to make sure I don't miss a call. So if I'm in VR, I need to make sure my phone is on bust so I can actually hear right. my phone, right? But if I'm completely immersed, like again, I, I, to be honest, I haven't looked a whole lot at the, at the Neuralink, but it sounds like it's like basically complete and total immersion. Like... So, but again, I guess by that point, if you have something like that, you can just have like your cell phone hooked up to the headset your and see text messages through. come up. Anyway, you can so. even now you can or you like can, security cameras. Well, you can do that yeah. in VR now. You can have the, you can have a monitor open which has your security feed running on a separate yep. monitor in VR. Like so, that that kind of stuff is solved. But yeah. I know that um, the Quest Two, at least, um, you can run. Uh, you can run uh, something through SideQuest to actually download Android apps onto it, so you can have your Messenger app on your. Oh, Quest. sick. Wow, that's awesome! That's cool. So we're already there. That's really crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the whole total immersion thing. Like, again, you sound, we, like, you, you sound like an old man. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe I am. But you would have killed for that back in the day. Think, man. Think, I know, about but, our, think about our grandparents talking about like TV and about like 
Yeah. I, I, that's what I think is going to happen. I think we may be too far gone. Maybe VR will be too much and we'll say, uh, this is too much. But the kids, yeah. man, like the kids I worry about the, I do worry about the kids though. And yes, yeah, so maybe that's old man yeah, me that talking. It's definitely old man, dude. <laughs> think that's, of what the they children. Too, that's what they said about us. Oh, so think about it. They were playing video games all day and they're playing, they're watching TV all day, yeah. right? But playing video games all day is one thing but being immersed in another world completely and not knowing where you are if you were someone doing that 12 16 hours a day as a kid can you imagine how messed up you would be they were saying the same thing about, about that's true they were saying the same they were thing saying the same us. thing back when we were when we were just a thought yep. they're uh, yep. like they they were saying the yep. bad stuff about tv i'm pretty sure they said it about radio like they said there, there yeah, was like but vr just feels different i've never done anything before where i actually feel like i'm in another world like video games you play world of warcraft you feel like you're in azeroth and stuff like but like you still know you're in your computer room like when i put, tried vr the first time at your house erebus like and i was playing that game where i was flying around a ship i was like holy crap dude i'm in the cockpit like this is crazy i'm not in yeah. your room i'm not in your basement back, i'm in space but the first TVs, man, they were like, geez, this this box is talking to me for 10 hours a day. <laughs> so like, like it's just I, to me, I just think it's perspective. I think I think, yeah. yes, I think I think it's dangerous. I think TV is dangerous. I think there's people that binge watch TV that go yeah. way too far with it. Sure. So it's, it's I think it's it's going to be I agree. I, I think I, I, I have the exact same concerns as you. I have kids, too. I have concerns about my kids growing up with this. I think it's going to mm-hmm. be crazy. But again, I think we're going to have that old man syndrome. Yeah. But it's it, but the other thing too is like v like they don't recommend TV for anybody under the age of five like and I'm pretty right. sure we've all shown our kid more TV than we probably should have like I still try to limit it as much as I can and that they're gonna have the same probably regulations on VR don't give anybody a VR yeah. headset under the age of like ten but like they're gonna give it to like five and six year olds and like who knows the the damage that's gonna do to a young kid right so that's my concern again I'm an old man I guess. But. That should be your thumbnail for this podcast. Uh, you yeah. with the, the Snapchat filter, an old man or something. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Um, is there anything we didn't cover that you guys want to cover? Like I said, we're at like probably an hour 10 now. Is there anything else that we didn't cover before we do our wrap up final thoughts? I, I think that was pretty comprehensive. I think that was good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So final thoughts, Erebus. Is VR gaming going to take over and be the future? VR is going to take over and be the future. I think televisions are on their way out. I don't know the exact timing, but I think screens in general are on their way out, to Athricus's point. I think there's going to be a merge, a merge between AR and VR at some point. I think we're a lot closer to it than people realize. Um, I think it's going to be controversial. I think it's going to be damaging to a lot of people, but I don't think there's anything that's going to stop that train from moving. So I think, I think we're down the road of VR taking over, and I think it's... I don't think it's a gimmick. I know a lot of people argue it's a gimmick. I think it's coming full steam ahead. And uh, and I personally, I'm a huge supporter of it, love it, and I hope to see more of it. And if through this podcast, just one listener decides to buy VR, I'll be extremely happy. Yeah. Let us know if you do get VR because um, we, we want to hear from you. We want to know what your experiences are for sure. Uh, cool. Africus, final thoughts on VR. Um, I think in its current form, it's not the future of anything. I think that given a, a long enough timeline, it is the future of everything. That's deep. <laughs> that is deep. I love wow. it. You <laughs> I wrote that at like three in the morning last night. No, time. sir. <laughs> <laughs> Rehearse with delivery and everything. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That was perfect. Cool. Uh, James, how about you? Final thoughts on VR? I think I have to agree. 
Um, I definitely came into this with the different perspective, but I think I've been swayed. I think it is the future. Once you nail all the things uh, that make it accessible, comfortable, um, and an experience that uh, can not just that isn't that doesn't take away from social experiences outside of VR, but mm-hmm. incorporates those effectively um, to only add on to the present world, I guess. I don't know. Um, I think it's the future. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, For me, like I said, I'm going to reiterate, I think it is the future. I think it's going to be delayed getting there until the games come out, at least in regards to to gaming VR taking over. Like we talked about the other uses of VR, like, you know, putting it on as soon as you enter your house and you have virtual stuff everywhere, that's that's a separate thing. But I think it, for gaming to take over, there just needs to be a few killer apps to come out. That's my opinion. For sure. Cool. I think that was a great discussion, guys. Um, that was great. That was good. Do we want to end off with a little bit of trivia before we uh, head off here? Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. So, yes, let's get into some trivia. So, again, this is a segment I like to do at the end of shows where I ask everyone on the panel and try to stump them with a uh, hopefully tricky question that uh, they don't already know the answer to. So, yeah, here we go. So, virtual reality technology was invented in 1957 by Morton Halig. I believe I'm pronouncing that probably incorrectly. His multimedia device is considered one of the earliest VR systems. What was the name of this device? So I'm going to give you guys four multiple choice. And if you do know the answer for sure, then I'll go to you last. But I'll go to each person and you can each give your guess. And then I'll give you the final answer after that. So um, what was the name of the device that Morton Halig made in 1957? Was it called Access Time? Was it called Sensorama? Was it called Cyberspace? Or was it called Portable Space? So I'll say that again. So virtual reality technology was invented in 1957 by Morton Halig. His multimedia device is considered one of the earliest VR systems. And what did he call it? Was it access time, sensorama, cyberspace, or portable space? Does anybody know this? (laughs) I assume nobody does. I didn't even know 1957 was when it was first created. That's crazy. I didn't hear The earliest form now is probably garbage let's be honest but i think it was the 87 like it, what, uh, what the yeah. heck would they have had back then like that, yeah. <laughs> that's, I, th- that's, I think it was the 80s when it first started to resemble a, well like you, you know, think of the virtual boy and stuff like that yeah like, yeah like, right but like this was the, the very was very the, first iteration of it yeah which is which was I, I thought this was interesting too so does anyone want to take a guess what were the options again so access time sensorama cyberspace or portable space I got my guess. I'm locked down. You want to go first? All right, take it away, Jim. Yeah. Sensorama. That is a <laughs> 50s ass name. Sensorama. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, James is locked into that one. Athricus will go to you next. What do you think? I'll just say portable space. Uh, I think you made it up, but I, <laughs> we'll go with that one. <laughs> you think I made it? Up? I think you made it up, but we'll go with that. What are, okay. the cho- what, are the, what are the choices so, again? Access time, yeah. sensorama, cyberspace, portable space. 
I also think you made up portable space. It seems like something you <laughs> Okay. I, I, I don't think cyber was a yeah. word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't a word? Okay. I don't think so. Probably not. Cyber, in 57, man, that was before JFK was assassinated. Like, there was nothing. <laughs> like, like black and white TV back then. I actually want to look up the legitimacy of this question in general. I don't know. I don't <laughs> but, uh,. I'm gonna. I, I don't think it's Sensodyne or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> so I think it. I think it's uh, the access one that you said. Access time. Yes. Okay. So James, you said Sensorama. Africus, you said uh, no portable space, portable right? Space. Yes. And yep. Erebus, you're saying access time. So we have we have one correct answer. Oh. Uh, James, you are correct. It is Sensorama. Wow. It is Sensorama. Yeah. I knew it. So, yeah, that was, that was a good educated guess, saying that that's the most Thank 50s you. name. Sensorama. Yeah. Last name. Had to be. Did we yeah. get a bonus point for confirming you made up portable space? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up with names. I'm like, what can I call this to make it somewhat believable? So, so yeah. That one definitely wasn't. <laughs> Okay, well, Africa's picked it, so. Hey, I, I knew you made it up, though. I didn't have no yeah. idea. I made a Thanks. guess. <laughs> yeah, but nice work, James. Your first time on the podcast, and, you. and you already you already got a point, so so that's good. So where's the imaginary leaderboard now? But I, we haven't been keeping track at all, have we? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, that's going to uh, do it for us. So before I do the final housekeeping, let's just uh, go around again. So Erebus, uh, just anything you want to plug or say before we go? Twitch.tv slash Erebus. Haven't streamed since 2015. But maybe next week will be the week. Maybe. Thank you. Maybe. Let's see. Uh, three was too short, and chat is saying it's since Robin came out in 1962, technically. So I should lose a point. Oh, my God. So the source I was wow. using was saying maybe it was first thought of and actually started oh. to be invented then and maybe exactly. it actually came out. And if, you had, said, if you had said 62, I definitely would have guessed Sensorama. So. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, yes, I lose a point. My bad. Um, Athricus, anything before we go? No. No. We're all good. <laughs> cool stuff. Uh, James, I know you got a few things you want to say before you go. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we got Strictly Casual Podcast, uh, Strictly Casual Official on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Strictly Casual. My personal Twitch is twitch.tv slash just James Daily. Um, and then our socials are posted on our Twitch. So you can just go from there. And Awesome stuff, man. Well, thanks so much for being here, James. It was uh, great having you on, and we'd love to have you back uh, if you're up for it, for sure. Dude, thanks for having me. It was great. Yeah, no problem. It'd be cool to have you and Vincent on the same one, actually. I think that'd be kind of cool. That'd too. be wild. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Cool stuff. Well, thanks, uh, Erebus and Athricus, also, for, for being here. It's always great having you guys here as well. And uh, that's going to do it for us. So you can follow us on Twitter at INeverCast for this uh, on Twitter. And uh, I am at Kelthar for Twitter as well. If you have a question, you want to give us a trivia question, you want to uh, ask us any questions about anything, email us at INeverCastForThis at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, you can check the show notes every week on our shows, and all uh, posts for socials are all there. So you can join our Discord channel and all that kind of stuff, too. And leave us a, us, leave us a review. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Is it still called iTunes? I have no idea. Wherever that is, Apple Podcasts. Apple Le- Music. 
yeah whatever it is leave us a review <laughs> if you liked us if you hated us leave us a review and just bash the crap out of us that's fine too um other than that that's going to do it for us so thank you so much for tuning in this week and we will see you all next monday at 8 30 p.m eastern time take care guys <laughs>